0: Welcome back to Finding Wilder, the podcast. My name is Michaela Jean, and I am so grateful you have landed here. I created this podcast as a safe space to share stories of intuitive living, spirituality, creativity, dreams coming true, miracles, and so much more. One of my greatest goals in this lifetime is to remind one another we are not alone in whatever it is we are going through. To me, finding Wilder means living a life that is led from the heart and intuition it is easy to get caught up in what or who we think the world says we should be. I'm passionate about sharing stories that prove to one another that when we find our wild, listen to our hearts and trust in something beyond ourselves, we begin to witness miracles unfold all around us. I'm here to share experiences from my own life and the lives of those who inspire me along the way. I hope you remember how worthy you are and that your dreams can come true. Thanks for being here. Let's dive into another episode of Finding Wilder. All right. Welcome back to Finding Wilder. I am Michaela Jean, and this is episode 39. I am so grateful for everyone here who is listening, and I am so grateful to be here with today's guest. Welcome, Casey Matthews. How are you doing today? I'm doing really well. Totally excited to see you and reconnect. Oh, I'm so thrilled that you're here today. I feel grateful. I just feel excited for this conversation. We were chatting a little bit before we even started recording. And I kept being like, should we start recording now? Because (laughs) this is good stuff here. (laughs) So Casey is an author, a speaker, and a coach. And Casey was actually my coach for a while, for a couple of years. yeah, I was thinking about how we met and I believe it was through my mom and some persistent <laughs> persistent mom intuition trying to like nudge you my way. And eventually it happened. And yeah, I'm so I grateful mean that today it was your mama.
1: Like I was like, Kelly got us together, and I'm so grateful because it was like we connected and that
0: was it. Yeah, exactly. And it was I was so funny. I was thinking back on it because it was one of those like a And I didn't know it at the time. I'm like, my mom's using her intuition, like (laughs) looking back on it. But I kept when I look back on it, I'm like, you know, she knew that we would connect and it took her like three times over a course of like months to be like because I think she read your first book. Yeah, I think so. And to like hear the title, your first book is called Preemie. And we'll get into that. But I know back then think I'm like, what would I have in common? Where, what what would I have in common with this person who wrote this book about a preemie baby? Like I, it didn't, it, it logically didn't make sense as most things that are aligned often don't. But <laughs> <laughs> I think in retrospect, my mom reading that book, because you do, you go so much into energy and divine timing and you know, Reiki and things like that that I was so interested in. But I think my mom must have read the book and been like, okay, these Michaela would really connect with Casey. And, you know, in time we, we did, and it was perfectly divine, divinely timed. Um.
1: And I think what you also found was the universal messages. Mm. So, you know, I always say like, yeah my journey began with the birth of a premature baby you know three months before her due date and but it was all about how did i navigate that process and how did i go through that journey of adversity challenge loss hope all of that so you know whatever your journey is you can relate to adversity, resistance, loss, hope. It's so it's it's not necessarily what's the catalyst for it. It's how do we connect as humans? And like, oh, that's familiar to me, you know?
0: Yeah. And we all have that.
1: Exactly. And
0: yeah. So just to really like lay the foundation, you're an author, you're a coach, yeah. life coach, book coach, you yeah. are a speaker. Mm-hmm. Which came first? How did that all begin?
1: Yeah. So, what came first were the kids. So, I was a classroom teacher, and then Firstborn Tucker arrived. And so, I left the classroom, but really missed um, just having that purpose. And um, Tucker was a super easy, sleepy baby. So I started after school writing workshops. You know, I was in the center of a little town in Mass, and the kids could walk to my house after school. And I did that for eight years, and I loved it in these creative writing workshops. So Andy's birth, she came, Tucker was born on his due date, weighed eight pounds, and then Andy came at 25 weeks. She was a pound, 11 ounces. She had four major surgeries my life was turned upside down i said to the nurse when i was in preterm labor things like this don't happen to me and she was like they do now and um so then in the midst of all that um when the kids were kindergarten and second grade we moved to new hampshire and we moved to this just open old house on top of a hill and and left that town that like sort of knew us for having the premature baby like that was who we are and all the support system and it kind of had this the kids went into a waldorf school it felt like this new beginning fresh start as scary as it was and it also became really clear it was my time to heal like it was just the kids were in this safe beautiful held school um even though it felt so scary to leave our support system behind It was also like my moment and the Reiki master that I met that happened to live down the road, Libby Barnett, who trained over like 11,000 people, instantly became one of my dearest and closest friends. And after a session, she said, um, you know, intuitively coming through, when are you going to write that book? And I was like, what? And the book wanted to be written. It had other people saying the same thing to me. And I, I started in earnest when I wrote the preface of my why, which, you know, it was a Friday night. It just poured through me of if if you've been through challenge, if you've been through adversity, I want to sit on the end of my your bed and share my story with you because if you take anything away from mine that helps you to heal, then this story was worth writing down. And, you know, I told my husband, like, I I think I want to write a book. I had said something to my uncle. He's like, Oh, that's nice. What if you just did a blog? You know? And so nobody really took me seriously. And then when my husband Lee read that, why he said, you have to write this book. And so I did and it took years and, um, it was not easy and I wanted to quit many times because to tell those really deep truths, and I knew if I was committing to writing this, I was not gonna have any kind of candy coating. Like the truth was, I had this beautiful two year old at home and when this new baby came and looked like an alien, I didn't want anything to do with her. But like what mother in the world would admit that and let alone put it down in writing. But I thought I can't be the only one and I'm going to stand up and speak this truth for others. And, you know, of course, it resonated with others who were like, thank you for saying that I felt the same way. So the book. once it was written um, and, and on its way to publication before it actually even was released, I was flying to Texas to speak at a conference for a neonatal therapists mm-hmm. because people wanted to hear from the parent perspective. And there was a movement to start to say, hey, if we want to heal these babies, we have to heal the parents, especially mom. And and that was this sort of family-centered care movement. So I, you know, I consider this almost like sort of I accidentally fell into this. I I wrote the book that called to me. And, and you know, you and I've talked about these books are beings, they're babies. They come to us, we're their vessels that they want to be born through. So it was almost like I didn't have a choice. It was this calling. I, I wrote the very best book I possibly could to tell all the hardest truths and resonate with others. And then next thing I'm sort of following myself off to these speaking events around the country to speak about these truths and and these stories. So that's that I sort of fell into it. I had no intent on doing that, but
0: that's what I was doing. It's funny you say you you fell into it. And I think so many people, when they do fall into their their calling or their passion or the things that they love even whether it's a romantic relationship or a, a career path or a place of living. I feel like you hear that often of people who really do just fall into these spaces but it sounds so simple when you say it like that. I just fell into it, but we all know it it wasn't. Like going back to Andy's birth, like I know you talk about strength and your your transformation of what the word strength even meant to you and may mean to you now and (laughs) getting chills. (laughs) I know, And I was getting chills when you were talking about, you know, the 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 radical honesty of my baby looks like an alien and I don't I want to walk away right now. Like that's that's hard to that's hard to say. That's hard to admit. That's hard to even here as like another person might make somebody uncomfortable, you know, but how many of us are walking around just trying to stay comfortable saying things that we don't even necessarily maybe mean at the core of it. So I'm curious if you can just touch upon that journey of, you know, getting super honest and the vulnerability that came with that and how that made you a stronger mom today, but back then when Andy was born
1: what I think you're referring to and and what gave me the chills is this idea that to, you know, we have a vision of what strong looks like, right? And, you know, strong is this, I I can do it all. I can take it all on. I'm upright. And through that journey, what I finally, you know, after all these events came to understand is that to be vulnerable is to actually be at our greatest strength. And it is you know, it's one thing to intellectualize it and hear those words, but to experience it and to truly open ourselves up to what's really within us, to consider that to be strength. So, in the non traditional sense of what we think of it, that was such a revelation for me. And that was, it was at that moment where. I couldn't take anymore, And I ended up having what I thought, you know, the doctors thought was like a heart attack, a stroke, but it was a severe anxiety attack. And I'm in the hospital. And it was another upcoming surgery for her that just had me undone. And that, you know, you get to the point or not you, I got to the point where um, I couldn't, keep the defenses up anymore. I couldn't put the brave face anymore. And it was at the point where it was sort of like, here I am, the raw pile of rubble of me for all the world to see and not, you know, putting on my my top, my top hat and cane and like, no, it'll all be great, you know, The and like realizing like that wasn't the true strength. The true strength was like, here I am and I am lost and hopeless and I need help. And and even like still in my head today, it's like so hard to think of that as being strong. Yeah. And yet I know you know what I'm talking about. Like it is that strength right there. So I don't know. Did I answer your question? I, you know, that, that just sort of was what was coming through.
0: Yeah. It's like we, in our society, I think we, we hear the word strong, even it's like, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Like to me, like it's a, it's like a bicep. (laughs) Same, same this. Yeah. Yeah, It's like a, it's like two biceps, like, And it's, it's something that can pick things up that are heavy, and it's something that can throw things a far distance. And it's something that can run fast. And, you know, when you think about all of those things, like throwing and picking up and running, it's like, none of those things are even keeping you in the in the surrender of what is hard. And the word surrender just like kept coming through when you were you were talking and this visual of like a sail in the wind and you'll be guided like where you're meant to be if you do surrender to where you're meant to be blown and like you stop trying to throw and pick up and run away from these hard things in life and it's, it's just like this, like melting into the moment and like, did you have like a specific moment where you just had like an aha moment where you were like, I finally surrendered and maybe there was a turning point.
1: It, it was that, it was that, um, I mean, there were multiple, right. Yeah. There were multiple moments, but, um, it, it goes to that whole piece of self judgment and how I should show up and what that looks like and what a strong mom looks like. So this, and it's so isolating. And it's this feeling of like, I'm all alone. And how does everybody else know what's going on, but me kind of thing. And, you know, watching other mothers show up in the NICU to visit their babies and like, oh my God, they all have their shit together. And like, what's wrong with me? How come, how do they all know how to do this kind of thing? Which of course, in the moment is what you're thinking. And then when you tell your hard truths and other people stand up and be like, oh my God, I was so lost too. And that was really the impetus for writing that book is I felt so alone and I didn't want, I wanted others who were in that same place to know they weren't alone. You know, and that's what comes from speaking, speaking the hard truth. So it was that moment where Andy had another upcoming surgery, but they wouldn't give us a date. So it was like this uncertain moment in time that was upcoming. And I broke like that uncertainty broke me. I had no control. And it was the moment where my parents, even my husband, Lee, close friends, family saw what was really happening inside because it sort of it came out in physical form. I couldn't keep it all sort of together anymore and just said, like, I need help. And everybody was like, wow, you know, to a point. It was like even even though all those that circle, when they read my book, they were like, we didn't know you're going through all this. Why didn't you share? And it's like because I was trying to survive. I didn't know I was going through it all, you know it. But bringing to sort of this present moment, it makes me think so much about whatever we're going through. I mean, anxiety is so pervasive right now, you know I mean? We are just like culturally so anxious. And having, as I shared with you, just launched my two adult children out into the world and, you know, worrying and wondering and feeling anxious about that sort of distance and disconnect and one, you know, like, are they okay kind of thing. And I was um, sitting in um, a yoga class and looking around the room and, you know, looking at everybody who looks like they have their shit together sitting on their yoga mat. And I thought, but we don't know what's happening inside and how many of the people sitting in that room have these anxious thoughts going through their head, have the clenched belly, have that, you know, and and wondering just sort of that curiosity of I feel so alone with these thoughts and these feelings and then thinking. But if they're brought to life, if the truth is spoken and then having others go, oh yeah, me too, me too. There is this sense of relief of, okay, there isn't anything wrong with me. It's that validation, the normalization. Mm
0: -hmm. Does all that make sense? Absolutely. I was just thinking about, uh, years ago, I used to do like in-person vulnerability workshops and Mm, I I just, oh my gosh, I remember the moments like just the, it's this deep exhale that you witness in people when they all of a sudden are like, oh my gosh, I am not the only one who felt that or feels that. Because like you said, we, I would show up to those workshops and it would be just like smiling faces, like come in, sit down, have their tea, sit in a circle. And as soon as one person got vulnerable and shared how they were feeling, you would just see like in another person's eyes and body language, the way they would just like release and relax because nobody's, for the most part, people aren't going through the same exact experience, but it's the feelings that are the same. The universal feelings like we talked about with pre you know, like even though your
1: story and mine are so different, you can relate because those are the same feelings, the same emotions. Like I can connect to that.
0: Yeah. It's so powerful. Oh, it's so powerful. And that's just why I'm so amazed all of the time with creativity, even like, cause, cause writing a book is it's a creative process and it's a healing process. And I remember when you and I first started working together and just writing, cause I hired you originally as a book coach. And I just remember the how healing it was just to get my stories and experiences that I hadn't dug up in a while onto paper. And the, yeah, that, that, there's there's the energetics of like just getting words on paper, and I feel like you you obviously can relate to that. But how has writing like really been a healing tool in your life?
1: Yeah, I think writing is the the greatest healing tool we have because it's the way to to speak our truth, to bring our truth to life in a safe way, right? I mean, so we're not standing on a street corner being like, I was terrified of my baby and didn't know how to love her and wanted to leave her behind, right? Like. But in the safety of my own home where I can wrap myself in a blanket and I can connect with this paper and pen and I can dig in there if I do dare, because even that is an act of bravery and bring what's in the dark to light. And that's why when I speak about these these books, you know, this calling, being another being, being, you know, a, a being of all of its own, it's coming to us, yes, because it wants to be possibly shared and put out in the world or it's coming to us solely to heal us. And, you know, so saying, yeah, you don't even know how that story is still living in the depths of you and impacting your nervous system and connecting to this present moment. But tying back. So this present moment is triggering you based on who knows what. But it's actually connecting to that old story that's still, you know, driving the bus, as we talk about, and you're in the back going, where are we headed? So by bringing it to light, we're taking away its power. Those stories, you know, that sort of hold us captive, they love to stay hidden deep down in the dark because they get to just breathe and grow and take over and trigger current events. So when they come up to light, they lose their power. And all of a sudden they're there on the page and we become the witness to our own story and whatever ends up happening with it, whether, you know, others in the world become witness to it or not, it doesn't matter. It's the process of bringing what's in out and to light. And that's the healing.
0: That's the healing. That's the healing. That that is the healing. And I think people don't always realize that when you're being triggered in a moment based on a present experience, that it really has nothing to do with that person or that experience.
1: Totally, totally. It's always based on something that has anchored into our nervous system from some other moment in our life, or, you know, as we've talked about, perhaps other lifetimes, or perhaps those in our lineage that, it, you know, we just are carrying this with generational patterns. So when we use those opportunities to heal ourselves, we're not only healing ourselves and lifetimes, but, you know, generations behind us and generations forward. So, so the healing aspects of this are enormous.
0: Yeah, I believe. Oh, ab- absolutely. And I know you, yeah. you do some subconscious work in your with your coaching clients. Yeah, I do. It's called ancestral
1: clearing. Um, yeah, it's so unbelievably powerful. When I first experienced it for myself, um at this point gosh i don't know maybe 10 years ago um it what led me to it was a really severe uh, fear of flying Mm. and um but i oh so this is interesting it ties into this conversation i was part of a um, a online year-long class and there was a retreat in california And I had sort of this like limitations on the places I would fly. And the woman um, who was running it all was like, you know, when are you coming to California? I was like, I'm not gonna be able to come, the kids, this, that, you know. And then when I finally admitted the truth, you know, she was sort of pushing back and I finally, I was like, look, here's the deal. I'm afraid to fly. And this started when kids were born. And she's like, what? Oh my God, you gotta do this ancestral clearing work. And no joke. 30 minutes. Boom. The fear is gone. I was on a flight like and I remember getting on that first flight and sitting down in the seat and going like, oh, putting my bag in the seat, sitting back, opening my book and then being like, oh, my God, wait, I forgot. I'm afraid to fly. And then like, wait, where did that go? How did that? And it wasn't about a fear of flying. It was about unpredictable moments prior in my lifetime where I didn't have any control and those were healed, those were cleaned up, and I was moving forward. So right in that moment, I was like, I need to learn how to do this work, you know, and I did advanced training in that and it's it's a part of every single coaching session at this point now, I think pretty much, I mean, it just because it's so unbelievable how when we can catch and tap into that, you know, we talk about the weeds on top of the garden, but this is getting down to the root of it. And when we can pull up and get rid of that root, like it is pure freedom. It sets us, sets us free in ways we can never even imagine. So it's powerful. I love it. I feel like so grateful to get to do it. And and with the book writing, like you came to me as a book writing coach, but, you know, all that coaching is so interwoven because to tell our very best and true story, you know, we also have to heal other parts of ourselves. And that's where the transformational life coaching comes in. So we can't have one without the other, I believe, um, you know, to really share that true essence of ourselves and and bring those stories to light.
0: Yeah, no, I completely agree with that I know we started working at, with with the book but it oh my goodness it was whew, so much more than that <laughs> yeah, so yeah, much more it
1: yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: absolutely and it's actually so interesting I was thinking before we got on the call because I know when when you start with a new client I believe if I remember correctly it's you kind of start with like what does your dream life look like you know yeah. and yeah. I look back to like when we started working together and you know I can't say for certain everything I said and I know some things are still coming but the things that have happened like I published my first book you were we were working together when I when I manifested my dream van that I lived in for a couple years on the road like I you just saw my puppy you know like these are all things that I remember in that first, and there's more, there's definitely more, but those were core parts of that, that first call we had that was like, what does your dream life look like? And And that's where we create the roadmap because it's Mm -hmm. really like the, the
1: tendency and the propensity is to begin from this place of everything that's wrong. Mm -hmm. Right. So like this, that, the other thing, And, and in the work that, I do and that we're doing together is we suspend all that and we step into in that act of surrender into this field of possibility. Yeah. And and so it's that idea like what if truly anything were possible for you? What would your life look like? And, you know, I hand you that magic wand. Right. And you get to wave that magic wand. And truly, this is, again, this act of speaking your truth out loud, because how many of us have these dreams within us? But who the hell is gonna dare say that out loud, right? Because we feel vulnerable, we don't wanna, we don't know how other people will react and what they'll say. So it's that creating that safe space, giving you this beautiful blank canvas. And you know, there's that tendency to to bring in like, yeah, but you know, I call them the yeah buts, right? Like, yeah, but I don't and it's like, no, 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 no. You're holding a magic wand. We're playing the field of possibility. There are no limitations here, there are no yeah buts. And we really shift into an anchor into the energy of that so that it's like it already almost exists, right? Because it's like you have brought it to life. You've brought what, what's, what's within you. And I think of it's like playing a blank canvas and you've just painted the most beautiful painting you could ever possibly imagine. And, and in reminding you, because I know, you know, it, from a holistic standpoint, because if we only focused on like, I want to write this book, we have to look sort of every aspect of your life. How does it all, because everything's intertwined. It's a whole web, right? So creating that gorgeous, beautiful painting, and then it's materialized. And, and then after you've painted that beautiful painting, if you remember, then we look at, well, where are you now? And the road map we create together is so how do you go from where you are now to that dream life? And that's where all that coaching plays in. And it's the bridge we build between the two. And and it's not an instantaneous like here we are. We go through the process of it. But the beauty of that process is that's where all the healing and the growth takes place. And then suddenly you look around with these eyes of gratitude and say, wait, I am living this dream life that I created for myself. Holy smokes.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and the thing that's so beautiful about making that painting and creating that roadmap and that bridge is that so the one of the big reasons I started this podcast and like probably one of the biggest driving forces in my life is to remind people that they don't have to keep checking off the boxes of this like life that they think they should be living. Because yes. we've all been, you know, in some way impacted by societal programming that tells us to to check, check, do all of these things. We all they'll all come up in our in our own heads. We know what they are. And when you make that painting and you start to piece by piece, make that bridge happen, you begin to really see that there's no straight line checkbox journey to get to the things that you want in your life. And you start to realize that maybe the things that you thought you wanted, aren't so much the things that you thought you wanted. Because when you everybody thought for you that you wanted. Exactly. So you all of a sudden get to start, looking at those shoulds of life and you start being able to say, wait, no, actually, what do I want? How do I want to feel?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's so powerful because how often are people given that opportunity to right. really, and you know, this is that act of these are not answers that are coming from your head. This is about really that somatic experience of getting in touch with your body and what's living within you and really giving voice to your heart. The heart always knows. Right. And and what really deeply and truly aligns with you and having been given permission in that safe space to speak it out loud. I mean, I think it's amazing to witness um numerous people go whoa where did that come from I I haven't thought about that or dreamed about that for 20 years and I didn't even know that was in the realm of possibility you know I didn't know that dream was still living in me it's so powerful
0: yeah for sure and I feel too like working with you specifically and working with a coach in general it's this new space where all of a sudden you are face to face, you're having a conversation with somebody who isn't your parents, isn't your friend, isn't your brother, isn't your boss, isn't your grandma. Like it's somebody who, especially like you, who is very, you know, calls in the, the right energy that needs to be there, is very present, is we're there as open channels and it's a non-judgmental space and an open space to actually feel what you're feeling. So I remember like... You definitely taught me this. Like I remember because living in a van was not is not on somebody's should is not on the like societal list of things you should be doing. Right. And I remember, you know, my parents were never unsupportive, but they were very confused and they it didn't make any sense to them. And even just like that minuscule like confusion or like them doubting what I wanted for myself, it. It impacted me, you know, but I remember learning even just like from you, like, well, it's probably not that they don't want you to do this thing that you want to do. It's like they have their own fears. They have their own like parents. And I'm sure I I don't know, but you maybe can relate. Um, you just want your kid to be safe and healthy and <laughs> happy. Yeah. And yeah. if the thing that they want to do in some way threatens your idea of their potential safety, health and happiness, yeah. then yeah. of course you're gonna you're gonna be confused and doubt it and put it into question. I remember that moment
1: where I had I was thinking to myself, Kelly has to be like, damn, why did I ever send her to this coach? Yeah. I'm like, I'm really out of it, you know, and like, yeah, I totally get it. And the other piece that I think is really key with this is you know that one of those core tenants of the coaching is really like always taking 100% responsibility for our own stuff right yeah. so this idea of you're going to mom and dad and like i'm i've bought a van i'm going to go live on the road for 2 years what you're putting forth energetically is also uncertainty confusion so they're mirroring back to you, right? So this isn't all their stuff. This is your stuff going out to them and them going, oh, I don't know if this is safe because it's what you're feeling too. So it's that like, oh, hang on a second. If I, you know, and this is again, sort of this universal tool that we can apply, whether it be like going into a job interview or having a hard conversation with somebody or, you know, popping on your phone on the phone with your mom and being like, guess what? You know, the energy we put out is what's mirrored back to us. You know, you know this, right? Mm -hmm. So it's about that pause in between those conversations, those moments in time of getting clear with our own energy, right? Cleaning up our own stuff. So if I want mom and dad to like jump on board with this and be super supportive. I got to be totally aligned and clear with this with myself and clean up my own stuff right before I go to them, whatever that circumstance looks like. So it's just, again, sort of our own personal accountability for the energy and what we're putting out into the world so that we're careful not to um, put it on others. Like, well, this is what they're thinking. Oftentimes it's what we are, but they're just marrying it back, you know? Absolutely. I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but it's just that reminder of that.
0: Well, I think it's so cool for people to like hear this and to hear like examples too, because I'll actually never forget the day that I actually, I went, I drove over to my parents' house, told my dad I wanted to go for a walk. We went on a walk and I just like, got so clear. I was like, this is why I'm doing this. This is my plan. And this is like, this is my why behind it coming back to full circle. This is my why behind this. And yeah. this is what it looks like from my perspective. I remember we left that walk and he was just like, okay, I get it now. And yeah. I was like, that was all it took. <laughs> it's yeah. just for well, me to be and confident. That was
1: all it took. But that was all it took was yeah. huge alignment on your part, right? Yeah. You did the, you. you know, it's not oh, I don't know. I just felt this calling and I'm off and I'm going. Mm-hmm. You got really clear, really aligned. And then how can anybody question that or not match with your energy, right?
0: Yeah, yeah absolutely. You know, so if I'd
1: said to my husband like, I don't know, I just feel like I want to write this book and I'm not really sure why or, you know, and he's like, oh, I don't know if you really should write this book or why, right? I mean, we're like matching each other, yeah. but it's like, this is why I have to write this book. I need to be there you got to write this book. Yeah. Right? It's yeah. a fun, I love putting that into practice in like real life, you know, and just, just playing with it, like, you know, using it as a tool and just noticing how people respond rather than react to you when you get clear.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's also yeah. such a fun, it's so fun also when, like, cause I think in that same experience, like I, my my time had come to have like a similar conversation with my mom. And I ended up getting a flat tire in my Jeep, which like essentially it was the universe lining me up to like have to be in a car with my mom for like (laughs) X amount of hours because we had I remember we had to go somewhere and I was just like it all of a sudden came bubbling up and it was like, this is your time. And I think it's so interesting. And maybe you can speak on this a bit because, you know, like, yes, we have we have control over what we're going to say and how when we get into alignment and how we are going to speak what it is we're feeling and need and to be confident in that way. But there's also this this part where we are being guided and yeah, we're always being guided. We're being guided in this conversation, you know, always. And what does that look like for you maybe in going back to the beginning of this journey for you or in present day?
1: Yeah, so um, that, you know, my story, the big turning point of my story was really realizing that no matter how alone I thought and believed I was, that this discovery of this team, you know, I call them my guides, this team of guides that are always with me, that are always guiding me, that are keeping not only me safe, but my children safe, and this, this Surrender back to the word you would use surrendering to that rather so it's this act of fighting against, like, oh no, this flat tire. And I was supposed to talk to my mom, and now you know I'm gonna push, push, push against this and reschedule that meeting with my mom for next week. And da 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 da, or all right. Uh, the you know I have this flat tire because I was supposed to get in the car with my mom so it's going with again, as as opposed to against right and that was such a huge moment for me it's it's we're all so deeply intuitive but until we recognize it and then start actually tapping into it and playing with it and going with it for a lot of people it's really scary it doesn't feel comfortable i think more and more as a culture and society where we're, we are tapping into that yeah. but we start to see like oh i do have divine guidance coming from elsewhere so this isn't just me trying to like push against and make it all work that that life is being aligned and we are being guided and you know there are just moments after moments after moments I the the one in the book that people often speak a lot about is that um I don't know if you remember that I I would drive an hour to get to the hospital to be able to see Andy and Tucker would have to be with somebody and I had a three-hour window and I get into Boston and there'd been a major snowstorm and um, the parking garage was closed And there was traffic everywhere. And I pull up in front of the garage where, like, this is my routine. This is what I do every day. And there was a Boston cop standing there. And I was like, "Um, where am I supposed to park? And he's like, I don't know. Not my problem. You know, and I was like, and I said, I just wanted to see my baby. And he says, how long are you going to be? And I was like, I only have 45 minutes. And he's like, pull over right there. So I pull into this like plowed spot, run up and spend time with Andy, you know, have that time with her, read her a couple stories in her eyes. Come running back down and I'm coming across the street. He's like, oh, everybody wanted to tow your car. I had to keep it protected for you. And I said, oh my gosh, thank you so much. Can I go back in and buy you a cup of coffee? He's like, nope, just glad you got to spend time with your baby. Mm -hmm. And I said, thank you so much. And I'm opening my car door and he's like, what's your baby's name anyway? And I said, her name is Andy. And he said, oh, and I said, what's yours? And he said, Andy. And I just was like, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. You know, and just like that guided moment. And I thought, I bet if I call the local precinct, there's no cop Their name, Andy. There's some angel that was just put in that moment, oh. you know. So in the moment of all that challenge and struggle and And difficulty, it was this just beautiful reminder like, you know, you are loved and you are being guided and to trust in that. And that was huge. That was beautiful. So looking for those moments of guidance, it's, you know, it's what we call living awake, right? We just become, it's like we put on a new pair of glasses and we're able to see how much we're being guided through our days. And we just fall into that and like, oh, wow. And we go with
0: rather than against yeah Ooh, i I get chills even just hearing that story again because i've read the book and i've heard the story before and it's still it just it gives you chills and that is a life and those are moments that are available to anybody
1: everybody everybody a guided life Le- leading a guided life
0: yeah it's it's really something and you just you got to open yourself up to it and it's it's such a It's such a gift. It really is.
1: It's such a gift,
0: yeah. So to kind of I want to stick on the topic of motherhood for a second. And we actually touched upon this a little bit before we even got into the call. But I started recording. But what has this journey been like for you, you know, having your kids having that become your your whole life and like remembering or maybe forgetting who you were through motherhood? But then now coming back you have two like grown kids who who just kind of left and here you here you are and now coming back to like who you are what what has yeah. that journey been like that's my
1: second book was all you know this uh, mom's guide to creating a magical yeah. life it's this idea that Um, you know, I can't speak for all, but for many moms, it's like these children come through and they become our life. And we so immerse and so enmesh ourselves with their world that we do forget who we are. And in that like, oh, wait a second, I am a separate being. And this whole idea of like, they are ours, you know, and that we're responsible for them. So for, you know, someone like myself, who's sort of like, I don't even know how to take care of me. Now I've got these two kids to take care of, you know, and allowing that guidance, allowing that trust. But it's also, um, you know, there's nobody I'd rather spend time with than those two and my husband, like the joy. So it's this like, here we're gonna give you like the greatest gift of your whole life, these beings that you're gonna like play with and have so much fun with and struggle and challenge and parenting and all the rest. And like, but don't get too attached because then they're gonna go. Yeah. And it's you know, just this like and you know, it's it's a journey, a perpetual journey of letting go. And really like surrendering to this process of loving and letting go. And what currently, whatever was coming up for me over this past month of them launching, there was this, this sadness, this sorrow, but it was disguising itself as worry. Mm. And are they going to be okay? Are they going to be okay? And when I did my own work and dug deeper, what I saw is really this grief for the loss of my little ones, like, you know, the sticky popsicles in the backyard and the making mud pies and the, you know, the morning pancakes, like that's over. It's in just that, like, that, that and like allowing myself, we talked about this before we started recording to really feel what I was feeling and that, You know I much rather rather than feeling what I was feeling I would have much rather have gotten like into that doing mode and decluttering the house and you know and and surrendering to the not right now right now I gotta feel I gotta be in this process of grieving like the joy the excitement that they're on their paths and they're off doing what they're doing and I miss them desperately and I miss their the little versions of them and I love who they are now and spending time with them so it's this just kind of confluence of different emotions and moments and you know reconnecting with others that have walked in these shoes or are currently in these shoes and just talking about that bringing those truths to life you know so that's the moment I'm in
0: yeah do you do you find that you have other moms in your life who you have these conversations with and like, what does that look like? Because I, I think about like my own mom and I know without even her saying it specifically in the same way, I know that she's she's felt similarly. And I also wonder about because I don't know if and maybe I'm completely off base, but I don't know if partners always understand it. Like, I think sometimes my dad is like, what do you, like, what, your mom's looking for her purpose. Like, what is what does that mean? And it's, <laughs> it's like, you know, her, her quote unquote purpose for so long was raising children. And, you know, like you say, you're, you're, you're one version of yourself. And then all of a sudden, one day, you're mom and you are, your whole life changes. And then those kids aren't, your every day, like, they're not with you every day all day long, all of a sudden, one day, and it's such it's got to be such an abrupt shift. And it, it I can see how isolating it could be.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure. And, you know, not to get into the whole gender and stereotypical thing, but there is something specific to this in you know more general generalized sense for for women than than for men i believe i mean from my own experience but again i'm not going around having these conversations with many men so i don't know but um, there is that there's like it it is a heartbreak yeah. it is it's 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 the duality of everything on that painting that we visualize and create for our family for ourselves and our children and the and what we see for them which really is like allowing them to have their own dreams you know and their van and whatever but it's really ultimately that like they're living the life of their own dreams and seeing that and how gorgeous and beautiful that is and how heartbreaking it is to let yeah. them go and to let them live that way in their dreams and 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 it's legit, like pain in the heart. Like you know, when when we allow ourselves—I shouldn't say we—when I speaking for me only, because I can't speak for everybody. But you know, when I really let myself feel how much I'm missing them, it hurts. And I think a lot of a lot of other mothers can really relate to that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think so. I really do. And it's—it almost feels like yeah, this this combination of like a grief and a longing and I wonder like what the magic sauce is sometimes for the for the forward. Yeah and and so the, obviously the theme of this
1: conversation is the truth, right? Yeah. So what perhaps would be the remedy for feeling this is to f- not feel it mm-hmm. and to just get super busy and to throw you know a woman throwing herself into whatever that looks like um without perhaps actually feeling all that happy or excited about it but it's just sort of that like there's nothing i can do and just go through the motions Mm. right or you know if they're really if it's really using this opportunity Um, as the moment to reconnect with self, it begins with the truth. So this, where am I now? How is this feeling? Like acknowledging the pain, acknowledging the grief, acknowledging the sorrow, and it's also tied into mortality. Like, well, shit, I'm I'm getting older. If I have kids out in the world, you know, now I'm not going to have little ones anymore. I'm not as young as I used to be. All of that. It's so multi-layered and complex and different for everyone and so it's that like well what does it look like and, and it's also that um the the beliefs that can potentially come in of well i've always wanted to do this and those yeah buts that will come in yeah but i'm too old now to do that you know and that like hang on wait a second you know who made up that role right so it's that reconnecting with self and this process of rediscovery and the possibility of this current moment um in combination with sort of healing what's coming up of this not loss of purpose but change in purpose
0: yeah yeah Yeah, i think that's such a beautiful way of putting it it's not a loss it's a change and it's it's what we're always doing is changing and I just, I keep coming back to this, this presence just like keeps showing up, like for me, presence, presence, presence. And I'm just, I'm, I'm visualizing our world right now. And it's, it always, it seems so, so scattered a lot of the times, chaos, like little, I just see little people running around all over the place. And few people are really taking that time to be still and to be quiet and, we we talked about this before actually this idea of internal versus external healing and like i think that's it's healing and it's it's you know receiving all of these things like sometimes the healing that we need is internal and it's sitting still and it's quiet and it's going within and sometimes that's where we receive the answers that we need and also sometimes the healing is external. Sometimes we go outside of ourselves to a coach or an acupuncturist, or we take herbs, or sometimes the answers are literally on a billboard. And we just needed to see the yes. word on a billboard one day.
1: Yes, I love that.
0: Yeah. And I I, I know we, we touched upon this a, a bit, but yeah, just this do you feel right now at this point in your life you're feeling called to one or the other this kind of internal or external healing or, or receiving of guidance um
1: it's interesting because the um the impetus is like you know look outside get you know make all these appointments and again it's just another version of busying myself yeah. so it's that receive the the self-care that i need i mean oftentimes the the you know moment on the acupuncturist table can allow me to get into that still place to actually hear and know and find the answers within right so it's a it's a lovely combination of both um i do feel there's a real you know we always talked about in my coaching it's this profound work which this whole conversation has been about but it's also the practical Right. And so when we get into sort of the practical day-to-day habitual living and the habits, and when we fall into the habits of, you know, I get up, I make my coffee, I go, I do this, I just, you know, and then I go to bed and I do it again, it's, it's this moment to say, hang on a second, You know let me take a step back here and see you know my daily planner i created i use that every single day still those moments of the flat tire or somebody walking your front door it's almost that reset (laughs) where it's kind of like whoa Okay, perfect. That interruption was yeah. exactly what it was supposed to be to get us reset, you know. Yeah. Right? And so when we begin each session, it was like calling ourselves home, the invitation to come back into our body. So through the breath, you know, those anchor points we did, you know, just giving yourself that moment to call yourself back home, to yeah. come back into your body. Um, all day long. We go on Instagram and we see this person's post and they're with that friend and we're like what and we leave our body we you know go to the grocery store and we see somebody you know being super rude or whatever and we leave our body we have this startled like you know i'm out of here i'm out of here you know so the tying it into sort of the practical and the profound the practical work we can do is creating these daily habits of creating time for stillness in our day. If we don't, it's not going to happen. Yeah. you know like oh yeah, I'm gonna spend time just you know take two minutes each day getting still. but if we're not actually, you know, putting it down and and holding ourselves to accountable to it, everything else will take its place. It's just not going to happen. Oh, so we can think of those times as just sort of these like daily moments where we come home to ourselves and start to develop the awareness of, am I home? Am I here? Or am I off who knows where after this strange man just walked in my <laughs> <laughs> But yeah. But truly, and it's sort of like, you know, am I safe? Uh, You know what? So it's like, oh, hang on. So that daily planner I was talking about, you know, calling it my magical living daily planner. The magic is that we all have shit we have to get done every day. You know, that's just part of the human existence. Um, When we wake up and we're like, okay, I got to get all that stuff done and we start our day in that space, in that headspace. And then, you know, I'll do the stuff for me later. Well, we all know how that goes. It just it's never going to happen. Right. So my philosophy is that daily practice of creating and intending what we'll do just for ourselves today and what that looks like. And it may be moving the body. It may be giving ourselves a half hour to read a beautiful book that we're into. It may be um, taking 5, 10, 15, whatever works, mo- minutes for some sort of meditation, some sort of stillness. It, it you know, maybe a yoga mat, whatever. It, there's no right or wrong. It's just about... This is what feeds my soul. This is what allows that me that always wants to be like, I'm out of here, to come home and go, no, let's be together in here. Let's move through our day whole and present and, and at home. You know this invitation, like let's be here, all of us together, all those scattered parts of self. You know, I wonder what he's doing now. I want she they went where on Instagram? Like, come on, guys! Like, think I think of them as little kites that are all off flying around from us. and we tug on all the little strings and let them just come back, whole okay. center within us right so that's the practice and when we begin that way and then I also encourage sort of second step is the work we do in the world you know if we always take time for ourselves first when we can when it's possible we move through our days in such a different way I look like a ghost with all this sun coming Um, And then the shoulds, the have tos, all the rest that to just show up in our life. Those come later because when we have filled that well with that inspired, mm-hmm. creative, self-aware, coming home to self-energy, the rest of it is easy because we, we're we doing it with presents. Um, you know, whether it's folding laundry or grocery shopping or emptying the dishwasher or having a tough meeting with a client, whatever that looks like. Um, We're already home and we're anchored in and we can show up and meet it that way. So, you know, your mom looking for her purpose, her purpose is to be home and in herself each day. That's it. That's all of our purpose. And then what we do with that and where we go from there, when we're home, we can can be present to know that and to receive that and to follow the guidance that comes with that
0: yeah that's so beautiful and it's just it's intuition right it's like it's when we feel and hear and know like those knowings and those intuitive hits come through in presence and we they come through when we're when we're having fun when we're in joy but it i've found it comes to us most these answers that we're asking for it's when we take that time to be present and to be still and to to meditate, whatever meditation looks like for us, whether it's yeah. walking through the woods or truly sitting in stillness, whatever it is that calms our nervous system. And yes. for for context, um, somebody random just walked into my front door a couple of minutes ago, and that. We had to stop recording for a second because I lit like I just felt firsthand like in this calm moment that we were having, my nervous system just went whoo <laughs> like anything that was like clear in my mind or like calm in my body, like I went straight into fight or flight because yeah. somebody just walked in my front door and that was my my reaction to to stay safe and to in that moment but anything else that was calm and in the moment went out went out the window and i i wonder how many of us are really walking around our lives so much in that fight or flight and not giving gifting ourselves the opportunity to take those couple minutes in a day, whether it's in nature, or just sitting in silence to calm our nervous systems. And without that opportunity, we are just like, I, I can't imagine. And I know there was a time in my life where I did walk around so much in that, that anxious, like fight or flight, not seeing clearly, not knowing clearly what I even wanted. And I go back even just to when you and I first started working together, like so much was fuzzy for me. So much there was no clear like channel of understanding what I even wanted, I think. And it's when we gift ourselves just like the daily opportunities to do that, that we, we we welcome in that guidance. And what does that look like for you daily? I think, uh, um, you
1: know, For a lot of people, there's this, there's resistance around that, right? Yeah. And what I always encourage others in that moment is don't necessarily think you're doing this for yourself. Think about your inner child. Mm -hmm. And so that, that inner child who's, you know, where are we going? What's happening? Children love and thrive with predictability and structure and rhythm and routine. And that's where the practical comes in. So my daily practice of filling out this daily planner is so that my nervous system knows what the day looks like. I've, mm-hmm. I've created this practical predictability, mm-hmm. right? So that he, here's how it's gonna go, little one, right? So, you know, that taking care of The little one inside of us who's like, wait, what's happening today? Where are we going? What's going to, you know, like, so that we are already creating this sense of a calm nervous system. And I I think when we can really anchor in and give a permission, self-permission to see, like, from the, you know, um, biological aspect of this and really, like, nervous system nervous system reminding ourselves and bring awareness into you know the phone and whatever else the emails coming in for me what triggers my nervous system are the texts from my kids like mm-hmm. you know oh is everything okay is everything okay oh wait hang on hang on right mm-hmm. so creating practical boundaries around like phones in the other room you know, and I will check it. So it's not this, you know, that perpetual startle. I mean, back to the NICU, Um, it was really found And man, talk about like serendipitous. Like I couldn't sleep one night. Andy was in the hospital in an isolate, and I got up and flipped on the TV Um, and there's this woman on PBS, Dr. Heidelise Alls talking about how nicu environments should be i mean literally what were the chances of that of me seeing that show but she was talking about these fluorescent lights and the beeping the sh- noises and all the rest and how these the studies are showing that these babies who stay in these dark safe places you know are, are so thrive more quickly and progress and heal faster because it's not the perpetual startle yeah. of all this, right? And, and we had a real dark blanket, just sort of by stroke of luck that my husband's mom had brought in and covered off the back of our couch. So she'd been in that sort of dark, moonlight place. And when we think about today and how we move through the world and all that's coming at us, all the time, and the startle response, you know, so if we think in terms of the the little one within us, and how easily that little one can startle, you know, um, whether a man, a strange man walks in through our door, or, you know, um, a text comes through, or a, um, everything's so immediate, and everything can be so jarring. So we have to protect that, that energy. And when we think in terms of I'm protecting myself. No, yeah, I don't know how motivated I am to do it. But when I think in terms of I'm protecting my nervous system, mm-hmm. that to me, that's my why. That, like, I, I get that. I go, oh, yeah, that's, you know, motivating for me. Um, when I'm the little one in me that startles easily, I'm doing this for her. And um, so that feels really like an important. Um, new way of being for people to potentially dip their toe in and just play with. And I think so much of this, everything we've had in this conversation, the key is keeping it light and plain because when we go, yeah, that's it. I'm going to do whatever you was talking about in that daily planner and I'm going to do it. And I did it for three days in a row. And then I didn't do it. And oh my God, I never follow through on anything and that like the self judgment piece comes in. It's all about living with no just noticing and without the the judgment um one of my just most favorite moments was when lee and i finally snuck away for a weekend when we felt safe enough about andy's health and the kids being alone and we went up to an inn in vermont and we did like an 8 a.m yoga class and i felt like right at the end the teacher swear i was like oh man she was like saying that for me Mm -hmm. she said and you know what there's already enough pain and suffering in the world without you beating yourself up and adding to it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, holy smokes. And it just was this like such clarity, like, you know, if we want peace out there and yet we're speaking judgmentally and harshly to ourselves, like, what are we doing? Mm -hmm. You know, like, yeah, it does really, really begin here. And that inner voice that is, you know, how could you be so stupid? Why did you do that? Why did you You're like whoa, whoa, whoa? Recognizing it first of all, it is a voice. It's not really us, yeah. and connecting with that deeper, like who am I really? And and like no, 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 don't speak to me that way. Like I got startled. I got this. I got that. Like it's all good. Like not judging and and connecting with that little one within us. And how would we want her to feel?
0: And treating her with that love and care. So. Mm, That's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you could go back to the beginning of this whole journey, um, let's say when Andy was born, because I feel like that's where so much of this began for you. Is there some piece of advice that you wished you'd had or some piece of insight or a tip or a piece of guidance that you would have loved to have
1: I'd actually go right back i mean it was like i just saw it instantly i wouldn't go back to when andy was born i would go back to when tucker was born because all of a sudden this idea of a baby that was like living in me was a real live like human looking up at me with these big eyes and i thought oh my god i love you so much Oh, my God, how am I going to keep you safe in the world? Mm -hmm. And what I would go back and whisper in the ear of that version of myself is, don't worry, nobody else knows what they're doing either. Mm -hmm. Because I live through the lens of, You know, I'm this mom who's sort of just faking it. And I don't know what the hell I'm doing, but all those other moms with like the perfectly packed diaper bags and the three ring binders of all the emergency numbers. It was that what's wrong with me. Yeah. And, you know, just sort of like, oh gosh, I hope nobody finds out that I don't know what the F I'm doing. And what I wish is that that I'd spoken that truth out loud and allowed myself to receive from all these other moms around me who go, I have no idea either, you know? So yeah. Yeah. Just that reminder. We're not alone. Everybody else is just trying to figure it out too.
0: Yep. I was just about to say it comes right full circle to even just like your why at the beginning, which I think is so much rooted in reminding people that they're not alone. That's so much what this podcast is about is just to share people's stories and to remind one another that like, if I have one goal in this life, it's to share stories that remind each of us that we're not alone, whatever it is we're going through. So thank you so much. Is there anything else just to bring it anything full circle that you are feeling called to share about your, your journey and your story in life?
1: Yeah, no, I I, I feel like there's there was really this feels really, really complete. Um, But I, you know, I guess sort of for those you you had asked, what's do I have an intention for this time together? And the word, you know, healing had come through. And I think there is so much healing in other stories that even though they're not our stories, The human experience that we can allow ourselves to connect to and relate to. And we're all, you know, I think this coming into life is all sort of this perpetual healing journey. And, you know, and allowing us, allowing ourselves to feel that and to go with. So, yeah. I love this. Let's meet again tomorrow. Let's do this every
0: day. (laughs) Let's do it every day. I love it. Oh, well, thank you so much. I just have a couple of fun questions. Um, I meant to, not that the other questions, all of the questions were fun, but (laughs) um, I meant to ask.
1: That does remind me, I don't know if I finished that thought, but um, keeping it light. I think, you know, sort of that, you know, it, it depends on sort of how we, what our personality is. And some people like to, you know, I'm going to really do this, but there is an aspect to keeping the guidance playing with it. You know, I have a gazillion resources. I'm always so happy if anybody ever wants to get in touch and share with, but this like this guided life, um, we don't have to take it all so seriously. You know, I mean, like, playing with it experimenting with it just noticing you know because for a lot of people it feels kind of scary it kind of can potentially feel no new so just dipping a toe in and just like oh that's interesting you know so just the
0: noticing without any judgment so yeah
1: that's the piece I wanted to add
0: That's (laughs) that's perfect that's a great segue into um do you know in astrology what your sun moon and rising signs are
1: Yes. So, and the only rule, obviously, I know that I'm a Leo, if you couldn't already tell. Like me. <laughs> but but um, uh, my daughter, Andy, is so into astrology. Oh, cool. So she always goes, oh, mom, that's because of your Virgo moon. Oh. And like, you know, she's always, and, and for me, I don't hold any of it, right? So, yeah. and then I did look up what the rising was, and now I forgot, because oh. I don't, I just don't hold it. I don't know. <laughs> i think it might have been like i don't know gemini or something like that i don't know that's so funny Um, yeah but andy's super into it and she'll tell me all these things and she's like oh you can't stand like you know sort of like um going into like a public bathroom that's really dirty and gross because of your virgo moon i'm like yes. all right like if you'd say so whatever yeah.
0: <laughs> it's just like one of those things that are fun to, i don't i don't think yeah. it's like the end all be all but it's totally fun just to like think oh that. i think so too yeah but
1: i can't like i can't hold yeah. what they all are and the meaning and the names like it's just not how my brain works yeah
0: That's funny. Well, I'm, I'm also a Leo son, but, and I'm a Virgo rising. What's your birthday? August 2nd. I'm August 8th. Okay. Yeah. That makes, I feel like we 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 may have uh, known something. I I think I knew you were a Leo. (laughs) So cool. Um, what does finding Wilder mean to you?
1: hmm well for me it means a lot of personal stuff right from our time together yeah I think it means um connecting and living your truth with like your true essence beyond what everybody thinks that should be and look like for you which I just friggin love (laughs) yeah
0: that sounds about right (laughs) I love that so much. Well, this has been the best conversation. Thank you so much. Um, Where can people find you, connect with you?
1: At my website, CaseyMatthews.com. It's Casey with a K, Matthews with one T. And that's got all the, like the Daily Planner thing is free on there. And, you know, all my book info and speaking and other podcasts, all that stuff. Um, Coaching, you know, anybody, if they ever want to you know investigate and find out what it's like i offer a free session you know so and even that that there's no commitment to do any coaching but that free session is where we do that um road mapping thing we're creating that big like dream life thing so there's there's just even that alone there's so much power in and then i'm on social media with instagram and facebook mostly
0: and you know
1: i like to pretend a little bit to be on linkedin but not really <laughs>
0: <laughs> Perfect,
1: well,
0: yeah, awesome, and I will link all of that in the show notes so people can find you. This has been the best! Thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to another episode of Finding Wilder. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. If you did, it would mean the world if you leave a review or if you share the podcast episode somewhere in the socials, because that's how the world flies these days. Thank you again for being here. If you want to find more about me, my website is m i c a y l a j e a n M-I-C-A-Y-L-A-J-E-A-N.com. Find me at micaela.jean on Instagram. I have an account with daily channel messages called Wilder Daily also on Instagram, and you can find more information about my wedding photography at Michaela Jean Photography, also on Instagram. I hope you have the best dang day, and we'll see you next time. Bye!